0: Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. (laughs) Welcome back. I am Leah and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Barb and we are talking about our one cool culinary gal. So, Katie already talked about Ina Garden, the Barefoot Contessa, and Barbara already talked about Ruth Fertell? Correct. <gasps> I got it right. Okay. Of Ruth Chris Steakhouse. That is probably the most specific I've ever said that particular restaurant name in my life. And Bonnie talked about Fanny Farmer. Yep. I just had to put a little bit more country on it than I should. Uh, but before <laughs> we dive back in, I'm going to tell you what is on the calendar for the last week in February. So for week four, for February 27th through March 5th. So we are entering in our very, very busy season. It is also entering in our favorite month of the year. Uh, March is Women's History Month. So it's when we have the most events Mm -hmm. and the most amount of fun. But seriously, come by anytime Wednesday through Saturday in March. You're going to have a blast. We always have something going on. So... But specifically, we have Writer's Galaxy in the library on and online Wednesday, March 1st from 4:30 p.m. till six. Then we have First Friday. So on First Friday, we are going to be a buzz of activity. Rachel Lulish is going to return for a book signing upstairs in the Gal's Guide Library. We're also going to be celebrating our art exhibit, literally inspired, downstairs. Okay. It's also a wonderful way to open Women's History Month. So come see us. Uh, There's also beer and wine. So if I can just tempt (laughs) their listeners with beer and wine, we're open late, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Come see us first Friday in March. Um, Saturday, March 4th, we're going to have two events. So join us for Tara Circle at 10 a.m. on Zoom. And we're going to continue our book study about the five Daikinis and Wisdom Rising. Also on Saturday, join us for our LGBTQ plus allied meetup. We are hosting a lovely space for support and resources and community. And that is at 2 p.m. at the Gals Guide Library. So check out all of our events on our calendar at galsguide.org. So my random question, because I want to be hungry again. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a few minutes and uh, culinary girls, of nothing, culinary gals, if nothing, is making me super hungry. What is your comfort food? I'm just curious on comfort foods. what the... when you take mashed potatoes. No. And mashed... <laughs> Don't show. You Lie. Lies, Bonnie. You do not turducken. bananas and potatoes. I think, I think mine has jello in it. I also think this is gonna be my birthday present this year. <laughs> From Bonnie. Guess what it's not? <laughs> <laughs> one's just going to be a banana. One's just going to be a potato, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to trust either one of them. <laughs> it's an assembly kit. <laughs> yup. Dun <laughs> dun 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 dun. Well, I guess I would say mine yeah. is mac and cheese. <gasps> oh mac yeah. And cheese. Yeah. yeah, Something that is a good one. Have you ever put hot dogs in it? Hmm. You ever put oh, tuna yeah. fish in it? No. Okay. No. It, no. it is a life changer. No, no? bacon. Yeah. Sure. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just finding out where the line is. <laughs> <laughs> lobster. Oh yeah, lobster's lobster. a thing. You can fancy up a mac and cheese with some lobster in it. Yeah. Bougie I can mac and shellfish. Yep. Even if um, we weren't vegan most of the time. Oh, okay. The shellfish um, is the line. I have a shellfish allergy. Oh. Now, I used to allergy. love it, but yeah. Why are you trying to so I, know, I didn't right? know. I totally okay. forgot. It was was m- I don't was think barring, I've ever knew that you had this lobster. Yeah, highest highest I it's hopefully lobster. have never fed you. So, shellfish, shellfish. <laughs> don't be so shellfish. It's a word yeah, I can't even shellfish. say. That let alone serve. <laughs> <laughs> but mac and cheese uh, and soups. Yes. maybe it's because it's cold out today, yeah, but yeah. soups are comforting too. In, in the cold one. weather, I like the chili. Oh yeah, chili, chili. big pot of chili on a Sunday. That's always a good thing. Or soups. chicken and dumplings. That was my big one growing up. There you go. Yeah. See, hungry again. You guys are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bonnie, what do you have? I was probably gonna be like pizza again. <laughs> oh, pizza! Yes, absolutely. I don't. I don't have the the lady gene where I am like, oh my god, chocolate. Like I like some chocolate things, but I I'm, can teach I'm you, but never i never like, oh my god, I need chocolate. Or, right. Oh my, like right. Like if there's chocolate cake or vanilla cake, I'm yeah. gonna pick the vanilla cake. Like okay. I'm not like See? I don't have the there you go the lady chocolate jean but you do have the pizza yeah pizza the pizza personality <laughs> See, I was trying to I was trying to go for like you know alliteration there and stuff like that um I have too many comfort foods this is probably why I'm a big lady um I like to feed my problems like I had a bad day and I told Josh I'm like I'm gonna need you to go to the grocery store I'm gonna need you to get this much chocolate I'm gonna need you to get this much peanuts I'm gonna need these chips because I'm gonna eat my feelings tonight <laughs> And it's going to be glorious and I'm going to be in pain the next day, but I don't need feet. So it's fine. (laughs) So it's terrible. But, um, so when I was sick, my comfort food was always, um, butterscotch pudding. Hmm. I don't know why, whether I had a sore throat or a sore tummy or something like that. It was like these little, Hmm. and we only had cups of butterscotch pudding for when I was sick. And so they become harder and harder to find. So, um, so when I'm sick, it's kinda like I want butterscotch pudding. Um, so I don't I haven't had butterscotch pudding in forever. Uh, right. Yeah, I bet you could get the little yellow yeah. jello ones. Yeah. Like those the, are the best ones to get. The Making it from scratch now. <laughs> well, no, like the little boxes of stuff, not like the cups. Yes. But I bet you could at least get yeah. those. And then you can add milk to it. Yeah, those were the yeah, the emergency ones. But generally we try to always have the snack pack. Mm-hmm ones immediate were... immediate relief exactly they were cold moments. they were soothing now it's just how many chocolate chip cookies can i get in my face because mm-hmm. <laughs> i have a chocolate make, gene. Um, <laughs> have you had blondies before i do like blondies huh? yeah i don't crave them but i do mm-hmm. like them though mm-hmm. and stuff um did we did i ask everybody did everybody yeah, okay did. all right i'm, I'm like gonna it... say though yeah yeah. We should go try the cookies at Debbie's Daughters. Oh, my oh gosh, you yes. had them in the past last year, yeah. for Valentine's. So, but you got to get in there cuz Yes. Wow, those Here's are good the cookies. thing. So, there was some gift bags from last year that people didn't take home or just were left. Yes. Yeah. Do you know how fast those cookies got eaten by me? Like I don't think they lasted the day. <laughs> <laughs> they were they're thick they're very they're good. chewy mm-hmm. they're but they're good. crunchy on the outside this is yeah. a giant commercial for debbie's daughters and they deserve it because it's right. so yeah good. i haven't had anything bad there so right it's all delicious yeah and we're gonna have the cookies again this year yeah so i'm so excited sold out. we are sold <laughs> out we're sold out Breaking we're just gonna hearts. be like are we just need more cookies all right are you ready for this yeah. all right so this is uh back in 2017 i'm gonna call these the mm-hmm. before times oh <laughs> So the before times, I saw an amazing documentary about the lady that I'm going to talk about. And the documentary was called Commanding the Table. Okay, And it's a documentary about Ella Brennan. um, And she is my one cool culinary gal that I'm going to talk about. But when I went to rewatch this documentary again for the show, couldn't find it anywhere. It has a poofed. So I hate that I am like, you know, hey, this is a great documentary. This is a great gal. It's really unfair, so I'm hoping that the library can maybe find a DVD and get a copy in the library. I think it is on iTunes to rent for $3.99, but does anybody really rent Hmm. something on iTunes? It's just really weird. So look for it, um, and hopefully it comes to the Gal's Guide library, but it's called Commanding the Table, uh, Ella Brennan. Um, And I really hope you do check this out, because this gal gave us the jazz brunch. Okay? Jazz brunch. Uh, So Ella was uh, was born and died in New Orleans. She did leave on vacation a couple of times, but she never lived anywhere else but New Orleans. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh yeah, nice. she Blamer. won What? I don't blame her. It's pretty <clears throat> yeah, nice there. It, it is pretty nice. Yeah. There. yeah. She not all the <laughs> she won the Does. James Beard Lifetime Achievement Award. Nice, right? Nice. Uh, she owned Commander's Palace and Brennan's Restaurant, hence the last name Brennan. Um, and oh yeah, one of her chefs was Paul Prahum, the spice guy. And another one nice. was this little upstart Emerald Lagasse. Have you ever, mm. have you ever heard of Emerald? Bam. You know, bam, bam, that's right, exactly. So hopefully, this kind of like whets your appetite just a little bit for uh, for Ella because she's amazing. So she was born in 1925, and her dad worked at a shipyard, and her mother was a quote unquote inventive cook. <laughs> <laughs> interesting she didn't have franny's cookbook right exactly she made what she wanted when she wanted to and just would put crap together and be like y'all gonna eat or starve like Mm inventive uh ella was one of six kids her older brother owned two restaurants on bourbon street and her older brother was 15 years older than her she was the baby right Mm -hmm. so uh one of the restaurants that he owned was the uh the absinthe house has anybody gone? Okay, I haven't gone. I have not, I have not visited the French Quarter. Uh, the other one was View Carré Restaurant. My French is very bad. I would just say it's the View Carré Restaurant. <laughs> I know that's not right. It's in the French Quarter. Uh, but Ella worked at the Vieux Carré, uh, and she said in this interview, quote, It was a terrible restaurant. <laughs> it was very limiting, and it was not exciting. <laughs> That was about her brother's restaurant? Correct. Oh, this is about nice. her brother's restaurant. Glad she didn't hold back. Uh, when her <laughs> brother Owen challenged her, he said, why don't you come up with something, smarty? <laughs> so she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 18 years old and she started running the restaurant. She wrote the menus. She hired the cooks. She did the inventory. She paid the bills. Uh, she did all of it. He <laughs> gave it to her. He did. And also, he just kind of went off, too. So it wasn't like he was teaching her how to do all of this. Um, So she learned how to do, how to run any kind of restaurant in books. She very much Mm. thanks books. She said, I started reading like crazy, is how she learned how to run a restaurant. She said also she talked to restaurant people. She also talked to fancy people who like to eat out for a living, basically. She Cooked talked to her. wine merchants, to cooks, to wait staff. So she like really talked to people about like, what do you want? What do you need? What is like, you know, what why would do you we like suck? To see? Right, yeah. exactly. Yes. Why is this restaurant so not inventive? <laughs> and Ooh. how can it be inventive? Um, so all of her brothers and sisters ended up working there, as well as her father at one point as well. Her mother Did not work there. Her mother did not like that it was in the French Quarter. Her mother could not be bothered with the slumness of the French Quarter. Uh, Ella loved the French Quarter because late at night she would go to Laffy's and she said, quote, it was a gathering place for the late night artsy crowd. The most attractive people in the world were talking about the most interesting things and it was paradise. I'm not going to die if heaven is not like Lafty's. Oh, nice. <laughs> right? Nice. Um, it also was the gay scene and the bohemian uh, scene as well in New Orleans. So, oh, and also there was like strip uh, striptease pretty much like every night too. Mm. So it was an amazing place to be. Um, the other restaurant that her brother owned was the Absinthe House. And that one was a very chic like uh, a tuxedo piano bar sort of Mm. thing where you Mm. had to get all dressed up and stuff. Um, Ella said it was like Rick's place in Casablanca. Oh yeah. So it had that kind of upscale feel sort of thing. It was also a 24 hour a day bar. Like Mm. if they needed to close it down, they all just went and basically drank in the super huge women's bathroom or they went upstairs to the extra apartment that he held for like Louis Armstrong and partied up do? in there too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So it was 24 hours a day, always something happening um, over at the Absent House. So now there was a plan to move one of the restaurants to Royal Street to get it off of uh, Bourbon Street. But her brother, Owen, died suddenly at age 45. Huh. It was a heart attack. I mean, the restaurant mm. business seems to like take you out young. <laughs> mm. Um but investment bankers like freaked out and they pulled all the funding from the idea of moving the restaurant to Royal Street. So the family pulled together and they mortgaged their houses, and they opened up the restaurant, Brennan's, with their last name on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the kids were either busy with their new military service or just got married. So Ella had to open the restaurant all by herself. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So Ella worked front of the house. She worked back of the house. She made sure the food was very high quality. The place had ivory walls and magnolia trees in the Hmm. center of the patio. It was very green and ivory. Um, Life Magazine did a spread on it. And even though Life Magazine has that, like, sepia tone to everything it looked gorgeous with that gross sepia cigarette like Mm. tone on it sort of thing Um, but life magazine was their opening day and more magazines came so gourmet and the saturday evening post mccall's you know the huge coming to cover (laughs) your glorious opening so celebrities came and people table hopped and the high rolling gamblers had their reserved tables in the corners right Um, it was the place to have a business lunch So, like, anybody and everybody who was doing business in New Orleans would come to Brennan's and uh, do their business. But the extended family, so not her siblings, but the extended family of the Brennan's took the restaurant from her and pushed her out. And it's a whole big brouhaha, but we ain't got time for the family drama, so let's enter commander's place <laughs> so originally commander's mm. place opened in 1880 so this place mm. had already been like established so kind of like chris's mm. steakhouse right. um it was called the emile commander's restaurant and it was in the garden district and it was a favorite since it opened in the 1880s right it had uh chandeliers it had brocade walls you know like the velvety walls and everything it was super freaking high-end fancy already swanky yes exactly so the brennan's siblings so all six of the kids bought the restaurant in 1969 and they decided to reinvent it it was still doing pretty good when they bought it in 69 um but ella started with the menu she wanted to use local flavors um, and she wanted inventive ways that all the dishes were eye-catching. Mm. This is like before we all took pictures of her food. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted the food to be eye-catching. So Nouvelle Cuisine, or Hot Creole, mm, nice. <laughs> instead of Hot Couture. Yes, Hot Creole is what she wanted to invent. <laughs> mm. And it didn't work right away. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it was unlike her other restaurant, Brennan's. This was not a success. So bring in the jazz brunch, right? So it was her brother Dick (laughs) who had the idea while the two of them were talking. So Ella was in Texas. Um, I can't remember why she was in Texas, but she was in Texas doing businessy stuff. She, you know, busy lady, right? Um, And she's talking on the phone with her brother Dick and he's like, it is dead in here. There's nobody here. Um, And he just talked about how empty the restaurant was. And he said, well, like, what if we had breakfast with, like, roving jazz musicians, but so serious food, but a very lighthearted atmosphere? And Ella loved that idea. She said, yes, let's do that. Let's just go for that. Um, She was very open-minded about ideas from her siblings, but also from her staff. But the thing that really worked um, for her that she really kind of cultivated was an elegant setting with fun. So that's kind of what Ella really kind of got to know, you know, got to be known for. So Ruth Reichel, who was the editor and, sh- uh, and editor-in-chief, there we go. I put editor and chef. Editor-in-chief. Oh, in yeah. chief, right right. Now, right? Yeah. I was being punny and misspelling at the same <laughs> time. Uh, Gourmet magazine, Ruth Reichel, right? So she said in a review of Commander's Place in 1980, she said, quote, it is upscale fun. It is going out and not just eating what's on the plate. It's everything around it. So later, Ruth would talk that Ella Brandon helped to find a new kind of American restaurant where it's elegant, but there's something to do and there's some fun to be some had experience. with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Experience eating, not just this is fancy shit and I'm yeah. going to eat it because it's fancy. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Tim Zagat of Zagat guides, <laughs> uh, said of Commander's Place and Ella, "quote There's nobody who had a role as dominant in any other city that I am aware of. I don't think there's anyone, even a male. I looked at restaurant tours all over the U.S. every day, and I think she's up there with the best of them, and maybe ahead of them." Nice, nice, nice from Zagat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Commander's Place um, was elevated. Um, It was also like a culinary academy of sorts, too. Um, there turned out a lot of celebrity chefs um, and a lot of people who became restaurateurs and own their own restaurants after being at Commander's. So Paul Prudhomme um, was an executive chef at Commander's starting in 1975. You might know him for his spices. He was on like, he was either on the Today Show a lot or something. That's kind of where I remember him from. Mm -hmm. But K. Paul's Louisiana restaurant Mm -hmm. um, was in the French Quarter. Um, He also invented the turducken. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. It was in one of his cookbooks was the turducken. (laughs) Right. Um, So in 1982, when Paul stepped away to start his own restaurant, uh, bam, Emeril Lagasse, right? Yeah, exactly. So Emeril Lagasse was promoted. He was already in the ranks. Paul was, you know, training him to be the the next upstart. He became the executive chef at Commanders, and Emeril was there for eight years before he started his own empire, and gave us, you know, Emeril's essence. Yep. He gave us his essence. I just I remember seeing that that thing of spices, and I'm like, you you calling it your essence, and you I don't <laughs> see that's wrong. <laughs> But anyway, not kidding. That is actually what it's called. It's still on shelves. Emerald's essence. You can purchase it. Um, But (laughs) so I love this wonderful uh, quote that came out of a New Orleans article about uh, Ella. And it says, quote, to her face, her employees would call her Miss Ella. But behind her back, it was sometimes Hurricane Ella. (laughs) Mm. Let's put it this way. Ella can be straightforward, says Emmanuel Labour, a commander's graduate and now proprietor of Dante's Kitchen. He said, quote, You haven't had your ass kicked until it has been kicked by a 75-year-old woman. Nice. Now, Emerald's essence, I mean, Emerald Lagasse, has his own little take on this. He said, quote, She managed to somehow be authoritative, Without being authoritarian. Uh, he said she is both extremely demanding, but not hard to work for. And for Ella, you have to be both. <laughs> so I thought it was really interesting the nice. way she kind of cultivated the, yeah. the duality of being tough, but still open to ideas of having an elegant restaurant, but still having it be fun. Um, she died in 2018 at oh, the wow. age of 92. Wow! Yeah, so she lived a long time, yeah. <laughs> uh, and she traveled all over the world. So even though she, you know, born and died in New Orleans, she traveled all over and she ate everywhere. Uh, Emerald talked about how they would go to Europe and they would eat six meals a day. They would try to hit as many restaurants as they could to see what was trending, yeah. what was delicious, what was new. And find dishes to bring in. And I'm like, oh, my lord. Um, So, yeah, they would go to inventive restaurants and they would go to high class restaurants to try and find stuff. Um, But, you know, research is a thing Mm -hmm. that is worth doing. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Especially when it's food. Right? Exactly. So her entire life, she never strayed away from the culinary world. Like, that's all she did from the time that, you know, she could at 15 working at her brother's restaurant um, basically, until 92. Like, they would try to get her out of there because she's like, they show her in this documentary because she died. Uh, I can't remember if she died the year after the documentary came out or she died the year before the documentary mm. came out. I think it's, oh, twice. She died the year after it came out. So okay. she did get to see the documentary. That's right. Because I did say 2017, the before times. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, But being in that world the whole time. And they show her still sitting in commanders going, needs more salt. (laughs) Oh, my god! Bring this back. (laughs) Going into the kitchen going, what are you doing today? (laughs) Like, she has no stake in it. But at the same time, like, she is still. She's always there. Very plugged in. Like, this is her life. Um, So I thought this was such a cute way. She said in this interview, if you have to work for a living, it's a nice way to do it. Nice, very nice. So I was just like going, oh, that kind of sums up, you know, cooking for a living, owning a restaurant for a living, and then just kind of having fun with it and stuff like that. So have you guys ever been to a jazz brunch or a blues brunch? No. Mm. There's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. I've been to New Orleans. Yeah. And I've definitely been um, to a brunch that had music. Okay. I'm sure it was jazz. Parading through, they were or not? It was they just were playing. set up. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were so, set. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Sweet. So maybe not officially. I'd say that's close. That okay. is close. Yes. Almost. Um, I've been to a jazz brunch, but the one that, but I was really, I was kind of little. Mm-hmm. The one I remember more is a blues brunch. Okay. And the blues brunch is like everybody, it's like a spiritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you start, it's not conga lining, but you start following each other around and it's just, It's amazing. It becomes an experience with food and you don't remember what you ate (laughs) or what you (laughs) drank or what you drank. And it's early in the morning. So it's all kind of like foggy and stuff like that of what did we just do? Um, So it's an experience. If you ever can do a jazz brunch or a blues brunch, and if one day the Galentine's brunch likes incorporates mm. this, oh, I mean, I think cool. it would be amazing. The Lacey Building is all about the music now. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing weirder than sitting in your seat eating waffles or something like you do. And suddenly in a giant band comes in and Love you want to join the band. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Exactly. Well, any questions for me on Miss Ella commanding mm-hmm. the table? She's fascinating. She is. She mm-hmm. does have an autobiography I'm going to try to get. Okay, nice. nice. I mean, the documentary was a lot better though, because she's sassy. We'll find it. We'll find it. She's so sassy. Yes, yes. (laughs) Sweet. All right, then I will wrap us up for the month. Wow. How about that? So it is uh, our final close. So wrap up those leftovers. See what I did there? There we go. Uh, Because that is it for Culinary Gals. So join us next week as we celebrate the real life unicorns in our lives. Bonnie. I mean, librarians. Na-na-na! That's right. <laughs> so, we hope to see you soon at the Gals Guide Library. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.